0: Welcome to episode twenty-one of Crossroads of Destiny and Avatar: The Last Airbender Universe podcast. Right now, we are talking about every episode of Nickelodeon's Avatar: The Last Airbender one at a time. I'm Chad Hopkins, and I'm joined by my co-hosts Andrew and Melanie Grant. How's it going? Pretty good. Going all right. And we are finally here in season two. Yeah, I'm excited already. We have some big things to talk about. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's let's not delay. Let's just go for it. We are talking about book two chapter one which is titled the avatar state so we've referred to the avatar state throughout our discussion of book one that is one minor thing that andrew and i sort of quote spoiled because it's never referred to as the avatar state until this episode but this does refer to ang glowing and having super saiyan powers <laughs> so this was directed by giancarlo Volpe and written by a tag team of people aaron ehas elizabeth welch ehas tim hedrick and john o'brien it aired on march 17th of 2006 and was animated by dr movie so here's our summary with the fire nation fleet at the north pole defeated ang katara and saka leave on appa for the earth kingdom seeking commander fung who will then escort them to omashu where ang will begin his earthbending training with king boomi So that's fun. Mm -hmm. Uh, Meanwhile, Fire Lord Ozai has sent his daughter, Princess Azula, to retrieve Prince Zuko and Uncle Iroh, who are seen at best as embarrassments and at worst as traitors. So anything right off the bat, maybe not incredibly story important that stands out just like as we're getting into a new season.
1: I'm just glad we're we're starting into a new season already. Mm -hmm. Happy about that.
0: Lightning. Lightning, yeah, that's was
1: that in the very beginning because I wanted to mention that, but I didn't think it was in the very beginning. No, well, I
0: just, just mean like in general, the beginning of anything. Of oh.
2: season two.
0: Oh so, yeah,
1: like, the whole episode. What did lightning
2: come from? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why I was looking at you. The like <laughs> there is like a thousand things you can mention. <laughs> who ready go? <laughs> <laughs> who are the old
1: ladies? The creepy old ladies. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, creepy questions old ladies ice, are, the lightning. They are good questions, mm-hmm. and we do not have answers for you yet. Do not.
1: Azula, but, is she a, a psychopath? I think so.
0: I, I like, mean, I think that's pretty clear already. I mean,
1: <laughs> straight up.
0: I mean, has, we
2: barely know her, but I think we have enough information no to, clear, issues with to just like,
0: make a decision. Straight up lied. She, uh, she makes Zuko look calm. Yeah, Azula is voiced by Greg Griffin Delisle, who voiced a lot of characters from shows that we watched when we were kids. I couldn't name any specifics right now, but if you just looked at her voice roles, like, you'd be like impressed with how many Characters you recognize. So this is right in the time period where she was super active. She's still super active today. But yeah, great to have another talented voice actress added to the cast. And mm-hmm. uh, with Azula, there there are a lot of questions. And yes, lightning being a big one because we have never <laughs> seen anything like that Mm-mm. whatsoever being created by a bender. More to be revealed. Yeah, I, I mean,
1: <laughs> I really feel like Ang should just learn all of the things. <laughs> Instead of taking a shortcut like he learned in this episode.
0: Yeah, well, let's go ahead and get into it. So they are beginning to set out from the North Pole because the Fire Nation has been defeated and was just a super Koizala thing. And before they leave, Paku, I think, was it revealed that Paku is going down to the Southern Water Tribe?
1: Yeah, he said that in the last episode. Yeah, that was
0: at the end of season one. So he's going to the Southern Water Tribe. And so before Aang and company depart and before he departs, he gives a couple of gifts. And so just wanted to point out what those gifts are. To Katara, he gives water from the Spirit Oasis that supposedly has unique properties. We have no inkling as to what those properties could be. Right. But important to note that she does have those at her disposal now. Aang got a whole bushel of waterbending scrolls. So that's going to help him in addition to having Katara as his proper master. And then Sokka got just a... Good luck out there, buddy. Yeah. Uh, good to see you. <laughs>
1: All the important stuff. Figure gun it's, equivalent. I it's guess very you're here. <laughs>
0: it's very Horace Slughorn to Ron. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh 100%, yeah. Good to see Weatherby. A thousand percent. Weatherby.
1: <laughs> yes. But yeah, I see
0: that. Uh huh. Love that. And so they leave, and the goal is to eventually make it to Amashu, mm-hmm. which was a thing that we talked about in our season one wrap episode. Melanie mentioned king boomy and i I don't know if we like had any sort of official inkling of where boomy would fit into this or if he would fit into this but
1: yeah i i always had thought with the episode of king boomy that the one-off episode was kind of weird because they seemed to have given his character a lot of thought Mm -hmm. and for us to only see him the one time felt strange i was like there's there's no way this is the only time we're going to see him.
0: Right, and it makes sense that we would return to the the one character that Aang actually knows. Huh? Yeah, he's only been in one episode. Yeah, he was in the, the Told
1: you, see? It feels like he should be in more. Well, I mean, yeah.
2: like cuz I, I know, yeah, and it Yeah. Oddly, I'm confirming your suspicions that he should be in more because I'm I I just have a lot of boomy information in my brain. Also, so for you to be like, he was only in one episode. I was like, no. <laughs>
0: was he? Yeah, just the, one, the, just the king of Amashu. So yeah, for, for him to return to one, the one person he like, actually knew as a, as a kid, right. and to, for him to have that connection, that's really special. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Boomy is still kicking and he's doing good. Like, he, he was very fit. He was very capable last time we saw him. So mm-hmm. it would make sense that he would go to Boomy as an earthbender teacher. And so that's next up in the cycle since he has a waterbending teacher. But on the way to Omashu, or rather to get an escort to Omashu, they stop by a place in the Earth Kingdom where there's a commander, a commander Fung, who is going to give them that escort. But Fung has his own idea of what things Aang should be pursuing and really seeking further training is not the thing. He thinks, and here we get to the title of the episode, that Aang should just like access his avatar state thing and just Mm -hmm. go wipe out the fire Lord right now. I mean, he just wiped out a fire nation fleet or rather at least scared them away. And obviously we've seen many times in season one where he has exercised that power and how destructive and capable it can be. Mm -hmm. But Aang has been having nightmares about his avatar state powers. He has a sort of out of body experience where he sees all the things that we saw, but from an outside perspective and, I can understand where to a twelve year old that would be pretty scary.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah i I don't know. Just as a person who gets nightmares, you would think like that's your subconscious way of telling you like this is a no go. Mm-hmm. Something that everybody's telling you to do it doesn't necessarily make it the best idea. True.
2: Right. And, and he is being being aware that how capable. Of destruction you are especially being a, a peaceful soul that he is seeing the the sheer power that he can tap into is something that uh is right it should scare him and rightfully so and that's actually something that kind of spoke to me when i when i was younger i was always a bigger kid mm-hmm. and had an anger issue so for me to like be aware of how capable I am of hurting people, whether I know I'm doing it or not, was something that kind of resonated with me. And so I see that. I mean, obviously, I didn't go to the avatar state because that'd be really cool. But anyway, um,
1: I would have reached more. Often. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but ultimately, I thought it was something very interesting that looking at it, he didn't see that he just had a bunch of power and was just like, yeah, let's go. We can do this. It was more of a this could go really bad this could
0: cause some major damage. And we see that in his nightmares too. Like the nightmares we see at the start of the episode before we're even introduced to General Fung or Commander Fung. Sorry, Mm -hmm. I don't remember which it is. Those nightmares are things that we already saw. It's things that he's already experienced. Mm -hmm. He's just seeing them from an outside perspective. Later in the episode, he has a nightmare where he like straight up murders Zuko. So he sees the potential and we know how averse to that deliberate, conflict and that deliberate violence that Aang is mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and so he is resistant at first to, to his credit but I also understand why he would consider this as a potential out for all the training he has ahead of him right because he is right when he says to Katara the longer it takes me to train myself to become the avatar the more people get killed by the Fire Nation. Right, which mm. was
2: Fung's main point.
0: Right. Was just like, that's great that you want to learn how to be the Avatar.
2: Mm-hmm. However,
0: we're still fighting a war. Yeah, look at all these people. These mm-hmm. are the lucky ones that came back, and they're bandaged, they're missing limbs, whatever.
1: Look um, who's concerned with a timeline now. <laughs> <laughs> hmm.
0: mm-hmm. It's, it's almost
1: as if we should always have been
0: aware of it. It's true, but I don't think until he got to the North Pole that he saw this sort of wide-scale power of the Fire Nation, he'd never seen that sort of power amassed all in one place. Mm -hmm. And to imagine that that kind of force is being let out on other places throughout the world and they don't have the Avatar there to save them at the moment, then I can understand why he would be like, let's just, let's see if we can figure this Avatar State thing out. Let me activate it and go get Ozai real quick. Yeah. Just cross that off the list.
2: Yeah. We'll end up ping (laughs) with sledding later.
1: You know, if it were that easy that whole episode of the winter solstice would not have happened where they were warning him and telling him like hey this is a serious thing like this is something you you know they wouldn't have dedicated two
2: episodes about it that would have been that's a bit more meta of a point like yes (laughs) based on the storyline that we already have that obviously isn't the case but also, it's just it's saying. a question that's worthy of being asked. And I think that's Fung's point is we could just. I mean, he's like a bamf when he turns into the avatar or goes into the avatar state. Maybe we can just knock this off and uh, make it happen. Because I I think I think also in the in terms since we're making meta arguments that there would have been a person along along the line that said, "Why didn't you just go in the avatar state?" And you know, we ended in season or episode one of book two like why right. can't we just like <laughs> why can't we just do that like he just needs to get into near ozai and go into the after state and it would have been done mm-hmm. so we needed the episode to prove that that isn't a viable option and
1: well, good old roku coming at the end is was like of course listen you do this yeah and you f up it's like there's there's no restart
0: button, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. So they, they go about trying to trigger this avatar state, and they try like fancy herbal teas that are basically a five hour energy. Yep, and they didn't work. <laughs> uh, Chad just, liked that scene. I did because they sped up Ava, or they sped up Eng's voice, and it was kind of a slightly higher pitch, and it was really funny. Do and do our
1: <laughs> listeners know that's how you listen to things?
0: I listen to podcasts slightly faster. Yes, Which I've but, never known anybody to do in my life. But it doesn't raise the voices like that. It, it's just faster. It's just, of course you would enjoy it. Yeah. I listen to more podcasts that way. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, so they try that. It doesn't work. They try sort of scaring it out of Ang. Sokka is like, I, <laughs> I, I can sort of just freak you out. I so. feel like
2: it's, <laughs> see, I've been watching way too much kids' television. It's like the Hiccup episode. Of Gabby's dollhouse, (laughs) they gotta try to literally everything. They're trying to scare the hiccups, basically give him the hiccups, which is the avatar state. It's just there's there's too many connections. I need to stop watching TV with my my three year old. That's fine. Yeah, tell
0: me you have a toddler without telling me you have a toddler. But uh, that doesn't work. So Sokka tries hiding Momo in his shirt, and so he does the the whole my head is Momo's head thing, and yeah, that didn't that didn't work out. Yeah, no, that Um, was still terrifying. I think their worst attempt by far was when they had Angwear, a ceremonial piece of clothing or garb from each of the four nations. And then he was like, watch as I combine <laughs> a little bit oh, of yeah. each of the elements in this bowl. And it's like, he pours some water and some dirt and <laughs> made mud uh, this torch in there. Yeah. And then, and then he just like takes a bell for, or a bellows, a bellows. Yeah. And it's just like, there's some air. And then he throws it on Aang and it's just a muddy mess. And he's like, this is just mud. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> like, what is this going to accomplish? Anyways, Aang, it's at, it's at that point. I <laughs> like episode. how his
2: reaction real quick. like how his reaction was like, but did it work? <laughs>
0: <laughs> what are you feeling, you think? Like- yeah. And Aang starts getting an itch in his yeah. nose and sneezes everywhere. And it's at this point that Aang has that second nightmare about Potentially killing Zuko while in the avatar state. And he's like, Yeah, this isn't for me. I got to stop this. And he goes to tell General Fung, by the way, I looked it up. Good. General Fung the next day, Hey, this is a bad idea. We can't trigger it. It's not working out for us. Nice try. Let's just go to Boomi. And Fung is like, Yeah, I got one more idea. Or. <laughs> <laughs> and so he has all of his men attack the avatar. That is not a phrase I expected to hear from non fire nation personnel yeah. was men attack the avatar yeah so we have this long sequence of them trying to earthbend around Aang, and of course he's an airbender he's a master of evasion and he yeah he, he continues he has this great line that andrew really liked when we watched it the other night together where Fung says you can't run forever and Aang says oh yeah you can't fight forever right and I mean, it's true. One of those things is going to have to end at some point. Mm-hmm. But at this point, Katara, who had sort of reserved herself to avoid being around Aang while he pursued this venture, because she, she went to him and she said, you know, this is this is scary. I don't like seeing you in the Avatar state. It's always when you react emotionally to something. Like the very first time or second time, I guess, she saw it was at the air nation temple yeah. in episode three when he found monk Kiyotso's body and so it was a really powerful emotional experience and it was sort of traumatizing for him so she didn't want any part of it but hearing all this commotion in the yard going on she goes out and feng's like found it that's the way i'm gonna get you him. you are it yeah let's mm-hmm. do this so he sort of creates a quicksand effect at her feet And she slowly sinks into the ground until she is fully submerged. And Aang's reaction is to, hey, guess what? He's in the avatar state now. (laughs) I'm gonna rip y'all up. (laughs) And Fung gets to witness the power of the avatar state and a reason why this is a really bad idea. Which doesn't sink in
2: originally. (laughs) No. In
0: fact, he's just like, bet we got it, let's
2: go. (laughs)
0: Yeah. We figured it out. Yeah, I love how he says that was almost perfect. Mm -hmm. And in the background, like his temple thing is like in, <laughs> in uh, ruins. Yeah, all those like coin things that they were fighting with are just yeah, like yeah. embedded into the
2: side right. of the wall.
0: <laughs> Which I just want to throw this out for people who have watched both shows. The big earth discs are sort of a predecessor to what we see coming up in Legend of Korra eventually. Anyways, while he is in the avatar state, he is whisked away by Roku and his dragon for a little bit of story time Mm -hmm. and there's some real heavy stuff in this section. Mm -hmm. He gives that info about the avatar state that Melanie, you were asking for when we were sort of looking forward to what's coming in this episode. Last time we talked, Mm -hmm. you, you said you wanted to find out more about the avatar state or more about the avatar genealogy. And we, we did find it for sure. There it is.
1: We're kind of screwed. We're kind of screwed guys. (laughs) So Roku is
0: like, so listen, this is a powerful thing for sure. Mm-hmm. And while you are in the avatar state, you are at your most powerful, but you are also at your most vulnerable. And how is that you ask when you are flinging rocks and fire and air and water in every direction? It is because you die forever and the avatar state is gone or the avatar cycle is closed forever if you are killed in the, the avatar state. Chain is broken. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and the they avatar ceases to, to it exist as
2: a defense mechanism. Right. Not meant for this offense's affront. On, mm. right.
0: right. So bad idea to activate it on purpose. Bad things could happen if something were to mm-hmm. be triggered into, if he was to be triggered into the Avatar state and things were to go awry somehow. Mm-hmm. So that option is now officially closed off and I think that was probably a response to the many times in season one where he did go into the Avatar state. It's sort of like Here is why we can't just continue to put Aang in the avatar state. Why he can't just, like, snap his fingers, get angry at people, and go take care of business. This opens him up to a huge vulnerability.
1: Like Frodo in the ring. Yeah. Anytime you put on the ring. Also
0: takes you back a step, essentially. Boom, Shaka. Opens the, the gates to Sauron. So, anything to say about that piece of information or about any more of Aang's story? Just thank you. Thank
1: you for the freaking answers. Thank you. Oh yeah, I was done, guys.
0: Yeah, I was you like would, twenty, you would have, 20 you would have episodes thought
2: that that came up a little bit sooner. A little yeah. bit sooner. Yeah, just some we, basic information. We, we his, saw him
0: go into the Avatar state for the very first time in episode two. Yep. And yet, it took to episode twenty-one
1: <laughs> for us to get some
0: mm-hmm.
1: reasonings. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, like I said, they were probably on those early like Google groups. Pages in the early two oh, thousands, yeah. and like, oh, these people are complaining that he didn't just go into the Avatar state. Yeah. Let's give him a reason why. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that makes sense. Episode and, one, the Avatar like, if we, state. If
2: we if we really want to keep going back to uh, Lord of the Rings, it's like, why why wouldn't they fly the eagles to right more... dude? Right. <laughs> Not a thing. Not a right. thing.
1: <laughs> you guys did promise less fluffy episodes, mm-hmm. more solid episodes. Yeah. Yeah. And here we are, episode yeah. one, of season two. Yeah, already so much better. Not to say I didn't like season one. Right, you right. always have
2: to have the caveat. Season one, great for what it is, but season two steps. I mean, the game did you up. see
1: Avatar <laughs> Ang kind of do all of the earth bending? Yeah, that was really cool. Mm-hmm. All the like rocks and steps yeah, and, he, and like, stuff. Did this
2: weird like wave thing of. I got done off the yeah. wrong person. Yeah, no, he was he was ready. He had time
0: yeah uh so, so to close out his part of the story i suppose i love when Fung is like well let's just try again we almost got it and sokka knocks him out and he says does anybody <laughs> have a problem with that and all of his men who were just like "Nah, we're good all Thank his you. men were just terrorized by the avatar yeah like yeah let, let bad idea let's let's not do that and anymore then, i guess it's
2: a, some subordinate is just like y'all still y'all still want to ride yeah. And they're like, ha, 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 no,
0: we're no good. Goodbye, <laughs> okay, Appa. Let's go. Let's go. We're not doing this with them anymore. Okay. So, I mean, obviously, we just got a whole lot of information and in big moments with Aang in the group, but you could almost argue that the stuff that happens on with Zuko in this episode is <gasps> just, yeah. as just as big. I was about to say, I was just like, I feel bigger. like
2: we have like half the episode that we haven't talked about, and it's because we went Avatar side, even though we flipped back and forth throughout the show.
0: Right. So, big day. It is three years. Three since- years. Zuko was banished and since he got his scar from his father. And still he is talking about how he wants his father's approval, how he still wants to get that honor. Right. He wants to be Prince. Right. He he wants to actually be Prince Zuko. That's Mm -hmm. always been a sort of formal title that Iroh has given him and called him by. He always refers to him as Prince Zuko. Right. But But it's uh, not a it's it's not official while he's banished, kind of thing. And while we see Zuko kind of moping about this i don't want to use that word because it's kind of a kind of negative connotation it's like it's reflecting. a well-deserved mope like he, reflecting. He's, he's reflecting reflecting yeah it. He's, he's reflecting
2: experiencing that moment
0: something that uncle says kind of stood out to me and it's kind of a little bit played for laughs in the episode but i think it has some real weight to it zuko says something to the effect of i just wish he cared about me i just want my father to love me again something to that effect mm-hmm. and uncle says why would he banish you if he didn't care? And it sort of played out for laughs. He's like, Oh, I guess I didn't like pick the right time or like maybe I, I the way I said it didn't <laughs> was it work out. I said, but like, yeah. what do you think about that? Like if he didn't care, I guess
2: would the counter argument be like, if he didn't care, he would have just killed him already.
0: Or was like,
1: what is the not caring yeah. part
0: or banished him without a possible back in like, yeah, but it was you, kind of a snide besides, punt at the time. Yeah, I was like, besides an impossible mission. But do you mission? really think,
1: right. truly, do you think there was going to be an ever back in for him?
0: I don't know. I mean, the Avatar was sort of the prized pony. Like, we've got to get him in order to win. Like, the Avatar is the only thing that stands in the way of the well, Fire right. Nation winning.
1: But what I'm saying is also, isn't it like, just like the Fool's errand that we've mentioned before, where... His father would be like, oh, yeah, thanks, thanks, thanks. Here's the avatar. You served him up to me on a silver platter. Oh, yeah, I'll I'll totally get to you coming back in. And then never does it. He just uses him as a a means to an end. So I never really thought, I still don't think that he was ever.
0: Even if he had been successful.
1: Yeah, I don't think he ever had the intentions of letting him back in.
0: Yeah, I guess you could argue that a father who would banish his son and punish him so publicly wouldn't ever have that kind of forgiveness in him. Mm-mm. And so I definitely see that argument. But like I said, the Avatar is the only potential thing standing in the way of a Fire Nation victory in this war that has lasted so long. And I think possibly that there might have been some redemption for Zuko had he, or should he, bring in the Avatar. Anyways, that, that was just a line that stood out because if he didn't care in some way or may, maybe, it's, maybe it's not about him caring. Maybe it's about keeping up the status. Like, it doesn't yeah. look good on a ruler who kills his son. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: so, that's what I was thinking too. It's like maybe it was just a more logical
2: thing to banish him without, like, <laughs> that's, I'm, I'm sorry that this is the, the thing that I make a connection with, but it's very much a bug's life mm-hmm. where they don't want him around. They don't want him dead. And so they send Flick on a fool's errand, essentially. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, hope he doesn't die. Okay, bye. Like, <laughs> right. that's kind of the, the, the vibe, the situation that I kind of feel Zuko's in. is like, I think Iroh's point is if he really just wanted him gone, he would either would have been imprisoned or killed. Mm-hmm. And so there's still the part of, like, there's still a part of Ozai that's his father and doesn't want him dead. Right, he just doesn't want to mess everything up, mm-hmm. so he's just like maybe, uh, maybe go away for a little bit. See, hey, while you're out there, see if you can find the avatar. <laughs> I mean, that'd be great because we're all kind of looking for him. But right, if you could uh, cross that off our list, that'd be great because he's not like supplied to go. No, find the avatar. He's not. You know, it would very be very poorly equipped. Yeah. So I mean, it'd be an uphill battle either way. It was. <laughs> it was. Uh, it's becoming
1: evident to them that they're even more poorly equipped now.
2: Yeah. I think that's where IRO's is coming from. Is like, in, especially in their society of the, of these very harsh. I mean, Azula and Zuko don't get it from nowhere. Like, mm-hmm. they're ready to fight literally anyone, even people who are there to help them with their missions and things. So it would make more sense that Ozai would have, if he really wanted him gone, he would have just mm-hmm. killed Zuko.
0: Speaking of Azula, we got a big tease at the end of book one mm-hmm. when he said Iro has failed. We've got traitors in the family. Azula, I have a mission for you. Mm -hmm. And so we finally get introduced to Azula in this episode. She is on her ship. Everybody is bowing down to her. She's carried out on a chair. She is intense Mm -hmm. and scary and ruthless in her treatment of her crew and in her attitude towards Zuko and Iroh. She has this big impassioned speech to the men on her ship about how, hey, you may have an issue with attacking members of the Royal family, but uh, you should have an issue with me if that's the case. Yeah. And, I will attack you. Right. And then the, the one person on the ship who's like, Oh, but the tide is out and uh, we can't bring the ship in. And she has this whole, let's, let's consider this. <laughs> does the tide care? Walk me through. <laughs> does the tide care if it's low? Like if, if you get thrown into the water, does the tide care if it bashes you into those rocks over there? And, He's like, no, princess, I'm sorry. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so she, she ends that with, so you should spend less time worrying about the tide that has already decided to kill you and worry more about me who still has yet to make the decision. Yeah, who's still mulling it over. Yeah, yeah. exactly. There's the exact phrase. And so Melanie, <laughs> what was your <laughs> what was your first impression of Azula after this I, scene?
1: Yes,
2: Queen. <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, I don't
1: remember what I exactly said. <laughs> uh, you were there for it. <laughs> I just thought she was quite amusing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think Melanie appreciated a little bit of her no nonsense.
1: <laughs> I did. <laughs> it was like, she I'm was, sorry. Did I ask you about the tide or did I say for you to do this? Oh my god. It's, which is I have moments like that, like, all the time during work. So was <laughs> like, I'm sorry. I didn't mm-hmm. ask
2: for your opinion on that.
1: I know that sounds really harsh.
0: <laughs> but when
2: Yeah, during, during work. Andrew!
0: <laughs> <laughs> you just did what I told you. And so we see a couple of things, and these have already been things we've mentioned today, so we don't need to linger on them. But we see her training, and overlooking her training are these two elderly women who look to be twins of kind, some kind, or they at least look the same and mm, she does this like lightning mm-hmm. move and is i mean it's terrifying we've never seen anything like it and they just say almost perfect but one hair out of place and we zoom to azula and sure enough she's got one hair dangling down the mm-hmm. center of her face and, and that she seems says, to be
1: an issue for her
0: yeah she's a perfectionist it because seems.
1: she was like even like grouping her hair on the side of like, her bangs on the side mm-hmm. of her face and i thought that was really like a weird thing for them to have put in the show I was like what is that like
2: like she was actively messing with her hair yeah like yeah.
1: she was she was actively like trying to make sure it was in place, and then that scene later with mm-hmm. like looks up one hair at a place, I was like, oh yeah, yeah, homegirl thrives on like needing
0: everything in order and we are spending time with Uncle and Zuko, who are sort of at the spa. They're sort of just chilling out after apparently drifting around in the ocean for three weeks without food or water. And so Uncle's gotten a massage. He's collecting seashells. (laughs) Zuko's- He got a tan. Yeah, he got a little (laughs) bit of a tan. Uh, Zuko's sad because obvious reasons. It's the anniversary of the scar. And all of a sudden they come back and Azula's there. What was your first thought when that happened, Scared Melanie, the
1: crap out of me. I was like, oh my God, there's somebody in there. There's
0: somebody and in there. Like, oh yeah. And it's Azula and she lies. She
1: straight up lies. Mm-hmm.
0: And That's I would, why
1: I think she's a sociopath.
0: I was going to ask you how long you bought into her lies, but you never did. And honestly, we had no reason to because right. she had already, already said at that point in the here. episode Fair. that they were going to attack members of the royal family. Mm-hmm. And so what, okay, Azula's thoughts do you think that she intentionally knew what the significance of this day was showed up oh. with Zuko and said, daddy wants you home leads him into this false sense of hope. And all of a sudden when he walked on the ship, he was going to be locked away. Like, do you think that the, the ultimate desire was to crush his spirit? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I, Absolutely. I'm gonna have to agree
2: with Melanie. Like, I I think she can tap into Azula's mindset.
0: Excuse me.
1: (laughs) Excuse me. Just because that's exactly what I would have (laughs) done.
2: No, I'm messing. I'm messing. I think it was interesting that for someone that we've already seen so aggressive, so violent, Mm -hmm. for her not to just like bust down the door, lock him up, throw him on the ship, it was very interesting to me that her move was... Oh, psychological. <laughs> mm-hmm. Why?
1: would You said that was a surprise to you?
2: Knowing what we know about Azula right now, in terms of how violent she is, for her first move not to be like, all right, you know, I think- knock people out, get them on the ship, let's go, because she's prepping everyone for that. Mm-hmm. She's like, we're about to go into a fight. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, oh, um, by the way, Dad regrets everything he's ever done to you. He's... Like super upset. Want you home? Let's go home. It's see. big brother.
1: I think the opposite. She totally did like what a girl would do.
2: She, I um, mean, yeah, she chose her her playing field, mm-hmm. and she she picked because I, I would have thought
1: not to give gender roles to this, but I think it would be what you were describing would be more of a a man's mindset of getting things done. Let's let's do this. Found him. Let's bag him up and go. Mm-hmm. She's more calculated.
2: No, absolutely, and I think it shows that side of Azula that we that we haven't been shown mm-hmm. is that she's not here just to get things done. She's here making moves. Mm-hmm. She's she's, she's here to enjoy this. what she's going yeah, to do. She she drove into that role immediately. Obviously, there's implication of a pass between Zuko and and azula Mm -hmm. there is a past between zuko and his father i mean he's banished and has a scar from his own father versus in an agni kai like she's there to take her place she is she's not just a fighter she's not just someone's tool Mm -hmm. she is she's going to be a general she's going to be head of a royal family she's here to to make things happen without really having to lift a finger
0: well, I I think you could also just to to linger on this for one more moment. I think that you could have said she did it this way to make it easier. I mean, again, we haven't seen Iroh firebend at the end of this episode. Still, we have what well, we've we seen see him firebend once. Oh yeah. Uh, in this episode, we haven't seen him firebend. We 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 just see him like throw people off the bridge on the gang, like the gangway.
2: No, no, he firebends. I saw it
0: this time. Still, we haven't seen like Uncle Iroh's full potential. Right. And so for Azula to go in and say, hey, here's this peaceful way to get you on my ship.
2: No, 100%. Yeah. I was, I was going to say that, too. It's like,
0: yeah, if it
2: was just Zuko, she might have just busted through. Mm-hmm. But she knows that she has to convince Zuko to come because Iroh is there. and Dragon of the West. Whether she knows his full potential or what he's cap- fully capable of, I think Azula at least knows that he's... Far more
0: formidable than Zuko is, <laughs> right? So Uncle sees through this right away too. Uh, duh. And well, he's I mean, like, he knows his brother. He knows
2: his brother. And you want to, you want to say like, and you should know your sister, like, yeah.
1: Because he's older. It's not like she was gone by the time he grew up enough for him to remember. He's the older one. He Mm -hmm. should know the little sociopath that she is.
0: Yeah, but this is the significance of the day playing into it, too. Mm -hmm. Like, here's a way to get exactly what you want. Come with me, and Mm -hmm. you'll get it. But Uncle sees through it. He's suspicious. He tries to talk Zuko out of it. But Zuko... Cut straight to uncle's feelings, says, oh. uh, calls him a lazy, mistrustful, shallow old man who's always, always been jealous, jealous of his, his brother. brother. And I don't think uncle takes offense to it because I think he knows the place that Zuko is coming from and what he's wanting. Mm-hmm. And so the next day, uncle shows up as Zuko's leaving and says, hey, wait for me, I'm coming too. And Zuko, to his credit, is delighted that his uncle has sort of changed his mind is coming. Mm-hmm. But as they're walking towards the ship and they're walking up the gangway and they have the the... Fire Nation army lined up on the sides. He's got the, those shifty eyes going. Yeah. Like, okay, I know this isn't all right. I'm on my toes. On. I'm ready. And uh, the split second after the captain says, calls them prisoners by accident, mm-hmm. Iroh is ready to go. He's like, I so, knew it. Let's go. Yeah, let's let's go for this. And a couple things happen. Azula just walks away. Like, <laughs> she just walks onto the ship. <laughs> like, like, Well, that happened. There's no threat here. Whatever. I mean, obviously, she's pissed at the captain. And he's right. probably going to... Meet his maker in mm-hmm. a little bit, mm-hmm. but Zuko, don't got to worry about him. Yeah, no. Immediately turns his, yeah. her back to him, like. right? And so Iroh's throwing people left and right. Zuko makes it onto the ship, and they have a confrontation, and they fight. And a couple of things about this fight: one, Azula doesn't seem to be trying very hard. No,
1: I told you that's what I said, didn't I? Yeah,
0: yeah. She's not firebending. Zuko's got his flame daggers out. That's a new thing we haven't seen oh, that before. Oh yeah, it was like we haven't mentioned the, the weapon. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I have a Funko Pop, I think, that has uh, Zuko with his flame daggers.
1: Color me surprised, Chad.
0: <laughs> so she's just like sidestepping everything. Like, Mm-mm. this isn't much effort for me. And what's more is she like counters with just normal fighting attacks and like scratches his head, like, haha, just playing with him. Yeah. And then while this is going on, She delights in telling Zuko how his father blames Iroh for the failure in the Northern Water Tribe, but just sees Zuko as a, quote, miserable failure. There it is. I mean, this is what she was wanting to do all day anyways. Yeah. Probably exactly what she was going to do as soon as they were in a cell, too. Like, oh, haha, by the way. (laughs) Yeah. Salt in the wound. Yeah. And so she knocks Zuko down, and she prepares her lightning move Mm -hmm. and is ready to zap him to kingdom come. But Iroh steps in the way and catches her and redirects the lightning. And yep. <laughs> that is a pretty awesome moment. Yep. We see how destructive that lightning would have been as it hits the cliffside and there's a huge explosion. But in that moment, it's a small glimpse into if, if Iroh can stop and redirect that kind of power, what kind of power does he possess of his own? You know?
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, he's terrifying. Yeah, just low key simmering under the surface mm-hmm. constantly.
0: Because it's and it's not
2: the first time that we see him. You know, we're facing a formidable foe, and Iroh steps in. And it's just like, no, we're gonna we're not gonna do this. Mm-hmm. We're nope. Yeah. You know, I mean, because he does the same thing with um, Zhao in the Agni Kai. Yeah, yeah, and they're like they're ready to go. He's about to do something devastating, and nope. Right. Iroh's there just to. I mean, and then that's the, the crazy thing is he's using his own power not to, like, reflect or destroy whatever's attacking them. Just to redirect it and be like, this isn't how we're going to take care of this. Mm-hmm. Try again. And then just to finish things off, he throws her overboard. Right? Yeah, I mean, of course. Because they, <laughs> right. they still have to get away. child. They still to get
0: away. So right. he's just like, yeah, gotta go. <laughs> Later, Azula. And that leads us to the final moments for them for the episode, which are really... I think it's pretty devastating yeah. where they they crouch by the riverside and uh, Azula is telling her men and holding up a wanted poster that anybody who harbors these fugitives are also considered members or enemies of the Fire Nation so they are officially branded as fugitives now and as they kneel at the riverside Zuko and Iroh take turns cutting off their ponytails which is it's a symbol of status the ponytail is it's a symbol of status as royal members of the Fire Nation, but it's also a sign of losing your honor, basically. Mm-hmm. It's like, this was part of who I am, and now I'm cutting that part off of me. So it's really sad, especially for Zuko. Iroh had sort of already distanced himself from that right. part yeah, of the Fire Nation. Right. But this is like a, this is like a, feels like a closing of a door. Yeah,
2: absolutely. But they're we're not a part of that anymore. We are not
0: trying to get back
2: right i we even though
0: iroh had sort of distanced himself from the the warmongering part of the fire nation he was still flying under fire nation colors and wearing fire nation armor Mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff and then when they attacked the northern water tribe yeah it was under the guise of helping zuko get to ang he acted as the sort of consultant for zhao like he, he was like i i'm right up there back in my my status right and so that's that's gone And Zuko seems to have lost the potential in back to his family and back to his status as prince.
1: And I think that just bumps him out so hard.
0: I mean, it's it's a devastating thing. Any inkling of what is next for Zuko and Iroh? Is
1: he going to go join up with Aang, you think?
0: I don't know. Maybe.
1: If I were him and my sister just failed her attempt to take my life and my uncle's life and revealed that her whole plot was to just mess with them and then kill them. Mm -hmm. Why wouldn't my alliances not change at that point?
0: Fair point. I'm trying to think of what else could be said about what's next for them. I mean, obviously, they can't be so public about who they are anymore. Yeah, because they... They interact with the Fire Nation on a regular basis, at least through season
2: one they did. Mm-hmm. Like, they were in and out of multiple camps and strongholds and things like that. That's where we get the Blue Spirit episode and, and all of those kind of things. Mm-hmm. So even though they were technically at odds in that Blue Spirit episode, Key as Prince
0: Zuko, was still welcomed there. Right. And now, that's not the case. No. We will see what's next in store for, I mean, everybody, because Aang is presumably on his way to see Bumi Mm -hmm. and Zuko and Iroh are now shamed and no longer part technically of the fire nation. Right. And so we're just going to have to wait and see what's coming up next. And speaking of what's coming up next, the title of book two chapter two is the cave of two lovers. (laughs) So any thoughts about the cave Uh, of two lovers?
1: No, (laughs) no,
0: Uh, no. (laughs)
1: remember kids this is nickelodeon Mm -hmm.
0: yeah so uh, i mean there's not much guessing to be done based off of that title isn't
1: another legend Hmm? is it another legend
0: maybe we can definitely uh pencil that in as a possibility but yeah we'll just see and i will say i like the next episode Mm -hmm. (laughs) but i could also say I like the next episode at the end of every episode we do. So, <laughs> I mean, especially in season, uh, season two, it's a great season and uh, I'm looking forward to talking about it. So, uh, there's one last thing that I teased you guys with earlier, but haven't yet given you an answer. Oh, yeah. Who, <laughs> who is his who's, voice, who's Chad? <laughs> so, who the fung is fung? <laughs> okay. Stop. <laughs> the voice actor for General Fung is Daniel Day Kim who was just cast as Fire Lord Ozai Uh, in the live-action Avatar The Last Airbender Netflix series. So That's going to be fun. He's got a great voice for it, I Mm -hmm. think. Um, Mm -hmm. He's already got attachment to the franchise, which is cool. Just speaking of the live-action series, real quick, I texted you guys a link today because there has been more stuff that has been announced as of today. Iroh has been cast. (gasps) His name is Paul Sun-Hyung Lee. Star of a show called Kim's Convenience, which I haven't heard of or seen, but uh, yeah, it's pretty good. The picture of him looks great. He's got a, he's got a great Ira voice
2: too, it's, it's kind of low register with a, with a little bit of like the saged wisdom kind of thing. He plays a, a, the father in Kim's Convenience, he's, he's pretty funny too.
0: <laughs> I'll attach this article in the show notes, but the picture that they've provided of Paulson Hyung Lee. I mean, he could just, like, walk onto the stage wearing a Fire Nation costume, and he would look like Uncle Iroh. Yeah. Let me see, let me see. He looks great. Dude. Yeah, he looks great. You know
1: who yeah. looks more like Uncle Iroh than the other guy? Who? That other guy in the stupid movie that we watched that we'll never mention again by name.
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, that was literally what I texted I was like, it's already a better Iroh than the movie.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Sean, too, by the way. But in this announcement also, I mean, Iroh was the big announcement, but we also got Monk Giazzo. He is going to be played by Lim Kai Kaisu. And Ken Lung is going to be Commander Zhao. So we've got all those characters cast now. Obviously, we already had the main people, uh, all the kids cast. And we had Ozai cast. But yeah, that was the fun connection in this episode. We were wondering at the beginning while we were watching, and I was like, "Let me look it up real quick." Mm-hmm. And as soon as I found it, I was like, "I'm not going to tell you right now." Devious. <laughs> and he goes, Melanie, you don't look it up." I was like, mm. <laughs> Although it wouldn't have meant anything to you, I don't think it Did you? wouldn't. I don't have. know if you I were think... aware of that news.
1: No, because you sent it to me when I was at work.
0: Yeah. So yeah, Daniel take Kim was Fung, but he is also going to be our Ozai in the Netflix series, which has just started production. So it is getting closer to being a real thing, and uh, we can look forward to that. That's exciting. So. With that, that is the end of the 21st episode of Crossroads of Destiny. Thank you all for listening. Contact the show, facebook.com slash xroadspod at xroadspod on Twitter. Please consider going over to Apple Podcasts, dropping a rating and a review. Hit that subscribe button because it is free. You can email any long-form feedback or ideas to our email address, xroadspod at gmail.com. And we would love to hear a voicemail from you and include it on the show. Just call 3145-YIP-YIP. That is 314-594-7947. And it should be stated, if you're international, if we have international listeners, you just put a little plus one at the beginning and dial that same phone number and you can call. Melanie, where can people find you online? They can
1: find me at MelanieAmanda44, and that is on Instagram.
0: And Andrew, you can reach through all of the show's stuff or through Melanie or I. You can find me on Twitter at Shadadada, that is C-H-A-D-A-D-A-D-A. And my other podcasts are The Cinescope Podcast and An American Workplace, which you can find where podcasts can be found. And then show notes and contact information for this show can be found at our website, xroadspod.com. Thank you all for listening. Once again, we will talk to you in episode 22 when we talk about book two, chapter two, The Cave of Two Lovers. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. So he sort of swallows her into the ground and let me rephrase that <laughs> I, guess. I hated that <laughs> <laughs>